Welcome to the James River Church Podcast. You're about to hear another inspirational message from Pastor David Lindell, Executive Ministry Pastor at James River Church. It's our prayer that this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. Well, tonight we are going to spend just a few moments in Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9. And I would actually encourage you, if you've got your phone, uh, to, to go to Isaiah chapter 9. It's one of the classic passages um, that speaks prophetically about the coming of Jesus and what that means. And we're going to talk about the gifts that Jesus brings at Christmas, the gifts that Jesus brings at Christmas. And I've been spending a little more time than normal in the Dollar Tree right now uh, because my four children get a Dollar Tree budget uh, from their parents to buy gifts for one another. But it takes them a long time to decide, like Owen takes a long time to decide what he's going to get Calvin, and Calvin decides really fast what everybody gets. Um, but, you know, everybody else in, in, the, in the brood, they, we have to spend a lot of time, you know, it's like, are they going to get a steak knife or a Hot Wheels? You know, like, we don't know. And they don't know either. They're going to be so excited. I don't know what Owen's going to do with another steak knife, but it's going to be so exciting. It's going to be awesome. And so they, they love, like, they love you know, they get this budget because they're going to buy gifts for, you know, cousins and they're going to buy gifts for, uh, you know, grandpa and grandma. And um, so I'm not going to spoil that one. But uh, there's just, you know, we're, they're thinking about these gifts because it's the gifts that they're going to bring. And they're so excited about it. And we kind of do this pilgrimage every year and we kind of pass out the budget and say, okay, go to town, you know, like find those gifts. And they just get, they are so pumped up when they get home. They've got their little shopping. They want it all bagged individually because they don't want any of their siblings to see what they got them. And then they kind of sneak off to their room and they hide it in their closet. And then there's just a wrapping fest happening, you know, as they're wrapping all these treasures that they bought for their siblings. And, you know, it, it makes me think about the fact that not only Jesus came as a gift. You know, we talk about that. Jesus came as a gift. He's the greatest gift of Christmas. But Jesus came bringing gifts. Like there, there are gifts for his people that he brought when he came. And when you go to Isaiah chapter 9, what you may not know is Isaiah is prophesying 600 years in advance of the coming of Christ. And he's prophesying to Israel in the midst of gloom and darkness and despair. And he tells them in the inspiration of the Holy Spirit what God has promised to do and is going to do. And he gives us insight into the gifts that Jesus brings to us at Christmas. And so there are no less than five of them here, and I'm going to walk through them one at a time. And the first one is this, that Jesus brings light to darkness. Oh my goodness, five people are excited about that. Jesus brings light to darkness, church. Okay, okay. This is exciting. Nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. Aren't you thankful that for the children of God, darkness has an expiration date? No matter the darkness you're walking through, it will not go on forever. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. Now, obviously, the major darkness that Jesus dispelled was the tyranny of sin and death. That darkness. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. And then look at this. For those who live in the land of deep darkness, a light will shine. 
So one is them seeing, the other one is a light shining that they're going to see. In other words, their work is looking for the light. God's work is shining the light. Okay, so there's two things happening here. Listen to what Matir says about this. This is the preeminent Old Testament scholar on Isaiah. Listen to what he says. We have to decide what reading of our experiences we are going to live by. We have to decide what reading of our experiences we're going to live by. The darkness and distress are real, but they are neither the only reality nor the fundamental reality. In other words, the darkness is real. I'm not doubting maybe the darkness that you're walking through tonight. I'm not doubting what's going on in your world. I'm just telling this you this. We get to choose how we read what we see. Jesus said, or when Jesus coming, Isaiah says about that under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, you know what? There's people who are walking in darkness, but they're going to see a great light. And God is going to cause it to dawn in the middle of their darkness. In other words, there's a promise out there, but they're going to have to look for the promise. And for everybody in this room and everybody watching online, you know what? You may be walking in darkness, but one of the gifts that Jesus brings at Christmas is he brings light to darkness. And there are some of you, and you've been looking at darkness so long, it feels like it's all you can see. It just feels dark. I want to encourage you tonight. As we get toward Christmas... I want you to start looking for light. I want you to look for light. I want you to look for, I don't, I don't want you to go, oh, I, you know, I don't want you to, I don't want you just to make things up about your situation. I want you to look at God and I want you to say, God, you're bringing light. I'm looking, I'm scanning the horizon of my life because you bring light to darkness. It's the first gift, Isaiah says, that Jesus brings at Christmas. But the second gift is this. Listen, he brings joy to despair. Okay, Isaiah chapter nine, verse three. You will enlarge the nation of Israel. Its people will rejoice. So there's one. There's one rejoice. They will rejoice. That's our second rejoice. Before you as people rejoice at harvest like warriors dividing the plunder. A triple rejoice in one verse. Amen. Yeah. Because Jesus brings joy to despair at Christmas. Jesus brings abundant joy. In fact, if, think about the birth narratives. Think about, if you just think about the Luke chapter 1. Okay, so listen to this. Luke chapter 1, verse 44. When I heard, this is Elizabeth talking. When I heard your greeting, talking to Mary, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. Have you ever known somebody who was pregnant before? Becky has been pregnant four times. Never once did any of those babies jump for joy in her womb. Now, they might have kicked, but she knew that the baby had jumped for joy. In other words, that's not natural. That's supernatural. This is characteristic of what happens at Christmas. Mary, when she's singing, she says, my spirit rejoices in God. When the angels show up in the sky, what do they say? We bring you good news of great joy for all people. In other words, Christmas is really a seminal event in human history in which God introduces a supernatural joy into the lives of people and makes it available to them in a way that it never was before. Joy. 
And as we head toward Christmas and the celebration of Jesus' birth, God wants to give you joy. You say, well, I don't, I don't, David, David, I don't have any of my shopping done. David, I, I've got more work at work. I'm never going to get it. I'm not even going to probably take a day off. Like I'm just, I'm, I'm snowed under. Like I'm just, I, I, you know, David, you, you don't understand. Like it's, it's so stressful. Like, I, I mean, I think about the presents and the budgets and all. It's like, it just, <sighs> I just like to start breathing hard. I don't feel joy. And here's what I would say to you. I, I'm not doubting if you're discouraged or you're despairing or you're disheartened, I'm not doubting the reality of those feelings. My question is, what are you doing with them? Because here's what I would tell you, even in the middle of whatever you're facing, joy is available to you. And not just joy, great joy. Great joy is available to you because Jesus came to bring joy to our despair. It is available to you. Well, how do I get that? I would recommend you start praying a prayer that I pray often because I think it's incredibly powerful. I think it's incredibly powerful, and it's words from Nehemiah. Look at this in Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10. Don't be dejected or sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. What a declaration that is at Christmas. Oh, come on. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Let's say it together. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Do you realize you just prayed an incredibly powerful prayer? You declared something about where strength comes from. It comes from him. And it's his joy infused into your life. And guess what? It changes everything about the way you look at everything. I love what Paul says in Philippians. He says, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again. Rejoice. You know what? Because the Holy Spirit living inside of you, no matter what you are facing and no matter what you feel right now, you have the capacity to always be full of joy in the Lord. As you head in towards Christmas, start. I would just ask you, if you're struggling with that, I would actually... I would compel you. I would, I would encourage you in the strongest way. Start praying, God, your joy is my strength. Your joy is going to be my strength. Your joy, and what? It's going to happen. You'll watch it. It'll just surge inside of you. Why? Because Jesus came to bring joy to despair. He also, though, came to bring freedom to, to oppression. Freedom to oppression. Look at this. For you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders, you will break the oppressor's rod just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. I love this. God breaks what seeks to break us. God wants to break what you feel is breaking you. And I'm cognizant of the fact that as we come down to the end of the year, there are people in the room, there are people watching online, and you're thinking about all the things that didn't happen this year. I didn't I didn't break that habit. I didn't stop doing that thing. I said this year was the year I was going to be free of that. And all you're thinking about is all the things that didn't happen. I'm, I'm asking you, as you come toward Christmas, remind yourself he's the God who brings freedom from oppression. Why did Jesus come? Okay, let's, let's back up here. Why did Jesus come at Christmas? Why did Jesus come to earth? Listen to this. This is powerful about why the Son of God appeared. John writes, the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. 
Come on. That's why Jesus showed up. He wanted to destroy what was destroying you. That's the goodness of God. What does Jesus say about himself in John's gospel? The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. That's what he wants to do for you. So whatever bondage you're facing, whatever habitual thing you feel has held you back and held you down, how about you start saying, God, I'm bringing your freedom into my situation. I am bringing your joy into my situation. I am bringing your light into my situation because these are the gifts that Jesus brings. But here, listen to this because it gets better. It gets better. He brings heaven to earth. He brings heaven to earth. Listen to this passage in light of that statement. For a child is born to us, a son is given. Where did the son come from? Heaven, yeah. Heaven to earth. The government will rest on his shoulders. What government? The, the governments of the world. He, he's, the, he's the true king. He's the true ruler. He's the one who created everything that you can possibly see. So the one who created everything is coming into the world system, the world that he holds in the palm of his hand. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor. That word wonderful could be better translated miraculous. In other words, God's wisdom, God's logic available to you. God's thoughts available to you. God's purpose God's plan spoken to you and imparted to you through the presence of Almighty God entering into your situation. Mighty God, power, God's power and God's might, heaven's power coming to earth. Everlasting Father, the eternality of Almighty God made manifest in human form in Jesus. The Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. A peace that is never ending. Heaven's peace. Heaven's shalom coming to rest on God's people. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David. For when? All eternity. That's heaven to earth. Jesus came to bring heaven to earth. Jesus came to bring the power of heaven, the priorities of heaven, the peace of heaven, the presence of heaven to rest on your life, to make it available to you. My question is, do you believe that? My question is, are you walking through the holidays like that? That the eternal peace of God is available to you in Christ Jesus. That the power of God is available for sickness, death, and disease because Jesus came. That the wisdom of God is available to you with that son or daughter. The wisdom of God is available to you with that business decision. Why? Because heaven came to earth. It's not just a pretty bunch of words. It's the reality of God coming as a man, bringing everything that heaven offers to God's people. He brings heaven to earth, but now here's where it all hangs. Number five, he brings God's promise to his people or to people. Look at this in verse seven. This is the guarantee. 
the passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. What happened? All of the gifts that Jesus brings with him, all of those made manifest in your life, all of those available to you, how does that happen? Oh, the Lord of heaven's armies passionately commits to make it happen. That's how it happens. God commits himself to his people. That's his promise. I love that Isaiah uses this term, the Lord of heaven's armies. In other words, it's as if he is saying, God fights to make good on his promise to his people. God doesn't half-heartedly approach your peace. God is not half-hearted about his power at work in your life. God's not half-hearted about you knowing joy. It's the commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies. And here's what you need to understand. That Jesus is the guarantor of the promises, of the peace, of the gifts. In other words, if you're struggling to believe that God can give you peace in the midst of what you're facing, it's the same as struggling to believe that Jesus actually showed up in that manger in Bethlehem. Because Jesus' arrival on planet Earth guaranteed that all the gifts he brought with him would be yours. So if you're struggling to believe that there's power for your healing, it's the same as struggling to believe that Jesus actually came. Because when he came, he came with a promise. In fact, listen to what the Apostle Paul writes. He says, for all the promises of God find their yes in him. I love what the Puritan pastor and theologian um, Thomas Brooks wrote. He said, God pays as he promises. All his payments are made in pure gold. How can he say that? Because they're made on the basis of Jesus coming to earth. And if Jesus came, all of it's available to you. So do you need power? It's available to you. Do you need peace? It's available to you. Do you need his presence? Oh, it's available to you. Do you need him to meet you? He's ready to meet you. Do you need joy? He's ready to give it. Do you need strength? He's ready to supply it. He says, come. The promises have been made in pure gold. They're ready. They're waiting. They're available. 